Welcome to the Seminole Rapid Podcast about all things Florida State. We have quite a bit of non-football stuff to talk about tonight. Women's soccer team is on to the College Cup final. They're going for their third national championship in 10 years against the Santa Clara Broncos. We're going to also talk about FSU's women's softball team and how they have fared so far. Uh, tennis and golf are on the docket. And then, of course, we're going to talk some football, including football recruiting, including some of the youth camps that Mike Norvell has been doing around the state of Florida. He and his staff were down in South Florida this weekend. That and more on tonight's Seminole Wrap. All right, Perry. So we're going to jump right into it. First of all, uh, I'm jo- I'm Juan Montalvo, and I'm joined tonight by Tomahawk Nation Managing Editor Perry Kostadakis, the Greek freak. How are you doing, sir? I am doing great. I am secluded in my girlfriend's room because she is currently undergoing bar prep, which means I see her about like two hours a day. How, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I had a nice little weekend, played uh, my 18-month-old, got to play around a little bit, went to a brewery tonight, had, had a lobster food truck there. And so we had uh, some main lobster rolls, had a, a lobster tot nachos thing, which is fantastic. It was like a lobster mm. de gallo with some tater tots. This is really the stuff that all of the listeners of Seminole Rap really want to get into. Yeah, they love hearing about the minute details of our personal life. But they also exactly. love hearing about the fantastic run that FSU Spring Sports are having right now. That is the beautiful segue, actually, that people are here for. But on a legitimate note, they like across the board, FSU is just finding success. We have, I think everyone is out of ACC championships at this point, except for FSU baseball, which hasn't even started. But the cream of the crop right now, Florida State soccer, as you mentioned in the intro, about to face off. You're listening to this probably Monday, unless you are listening to this at 1 a.m. But on Monday, they're facing off against Santa Clara for another national title. Juan, you had a great fun fact about the team that they were playing. Yeah, so Santa Clara, uh, while they were certainly the underdog, uh, you know, against North Carolina, and they'll be the definite underdog, underdog against one seed Florida State. Uh, it's a team that's pr- very talented, and they have quite a bit of history. I mean, you know, just going 20 years ago, um, they won their national championship against North Carolina, who they just beat to get to this national championship. And on top of that, they also have three players who I think, you know, and even even casual fans of the U.S. women's soccer team will recognize Brandy Chastain, of course, you know, ran around uh, famously with her her top off wearing a bra. Not, you know, this is still PG-13. Um, yeah. But I remember that that moment as a child, like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Um, and so Brandy Chastain, Ali Wagner, and also Julie Ertz, um, who is best known as Julie Johnston, um, her lowly husband, uh, Zach mm, Ertz, Some random dude. He's he's had a decent career as, I think, like a third-string H-back in some football team in the country or something. I don't know. FSU has their hands full on this one. Um, it's going to be an interesting class of styles. FSU is known as a very possession-oriented team. Uh, if you really want to get a really good deep dive, Jump on the Tomahawk Nation website. Prince Akeem Joffer does a great job breaking down uh, the the Santa Clara Broncos, their matchup against FSU. But, I mean, FSU women's soccer is a team that, you know, obviously has had a lot of success. They've won two national championships in the last 10 years, and they're going for the third tomorrow night, Monday at, at uh, 5.30 p.m. Um, so 
if you don't catch this podcast by then, uh, you might miss <laughs> out. Uh, but we we would encourage anybody who gets a chance to watch them. They're a really fun team. Um, they're a, a really really successful team, obviously, but they're also fun to watch. I mean, they get a lot of chances. They haven't been scoring a lot lately, as it may be, but they've been doing pretty well. Um, yeah, they're they're getting their chances, but not really finishing them. Um, you have a lot of exciting players on the team. Yuji Zhao is one of my favorite players to watch. She's rock solid uh, for this team, playing all over the pitch. Uh, Jalen Howell, uh, she she scored the winning winning penalty in in a, in that penalty shootout win. Um, it's a team that's had a lot of success for Florida State consistently over the past twenty years. I'd say arguably the most successful program in, at Florida State over the last twenty years. This is they're one of the rare examples of like when we're in, can Alabama play the Jaguars. This team actually went up against a professional team, the Orlando Pride, and, and won one game against them. So, and I think it wasn't even just a a, a small win; it was two nil or three nil or something like that. I mean, yeah, they, so that's a they and, can and, compete. And here's another aspect of that: Alex Morgan was playing, I think, if I remember correctly, or yeah. had she transferred already. Well, anyway, long story short, U.S. national team players were on the team that Florida State played and beat, and it wasn't a non, you know, it was not a competitive game, but they played. It wasn't like a fake roster. They beat a professional team. So, I mean, while you don't have obviously the same gap that you do from NFL to college where, you know, the Bama versus the Jags thing is a silly thing to talk about you have evidence on the women's soccer side of the women's team being able to actually hang with professionals. I mean, this is a very good team. They have a very good chance of winning their third national championship in a decade. And I think it's hard to argue <clears throat> with them being one of the best teams in Florida state sports as we, as we, uh, you know, as, as it stands right now. Yeah. One of the more dominant programs just across college athletics, but it's been nice to see overall the rise of FSU and other sports other than football. We'll get to that in a little bit, but FSU track and field winning an ACC championship this weekend. Um, FSU softball fell a little bit short of their seventh in a row. They fell in the semifinals to Duke. I actually don't know who ended up winning today. So I apologize for my ignorance. Um, FSU women's tennis, it, advancing to the Elite Eight after taking down Texas A&M. They also have two players competing in the singles championship, as well as, I believe, two doubles pairs or just one doubles pairs. Um, but across the FSU men's golf is hosting a region. They have their own tournament going on. FSU women's golf won their regional. They're advancing. And men's FSU golf, by the way, before we move on from them. Um, yeah. John Pack has had a phenomenal year. He's career. been like, yeah, I mean, phenomenal career. He wins tournaments left and right. Uh, he's one of, I think, three or four players that FSU has had over the last 10, 15 years that's won some some big, uh, <coughs> pardon me, uh, big accolades over the years. And one of the other ones, of course, is Brooks Kepka. So when you're – on list with Brooke Kepka coming out of the FSU golf program. That's a pretty darn good place to be with multiple major winner. Yeah. Same with uh, FSU baseball. We have seen Matthew Nelson just do great this season compared to the uh, Buster Posey's of the world. When it comes to great Florida state catchers, he's just been tearing it up. 
MSU baseball kind of had an up and down weekend. I mean, splitting a series with FGCU to kind of kick off this final homestand um, and then ended up winning the series against Clemson today, but went up and down. Like they just couldn't find the consistency, which has been kind of a mark of this team this season. They have, they're good. They're definitely one of the more talented teams in the country. Parker Messick has been absolutely ridiculous. Almost responsible for a loss today, giving up, I believe, a two-run home run to let Clemson take the lead. But their inconsistency led to them not getting a bubble regional, which Mike Martin Jr. said he is uh, not concerned about, which he definitely is concerned about. Because no, I, I mean, say it's it's a frustrating yeah. thing not to see FSU host a regional or super regional. I mean, over the yeah, years, yeah, as a seen. ranked team, like. But they, they've, I think, have the resume. They, Brett uh, and the Aria, of course, dive they're... into this on Sunday Gold a little bit more. But Yeah, and if you want a really good in-depth, detailed discussion about Florida State baseball, nobody does it better than Brett Nivett on our website, Tomahawk Nation, and the only dedicated FSU baseball podcast that I know of, uh, Sunday Golds with, with Brett and Aria Masudi. But this is a team that's held regionals and super regionals so many times over the last 40 years plus. Yeah. It's a disappointment not to get it. The resume may be good, but the RPI was right around 40, I think it was. going. Yeah, in. and I think it went down today. Yeah, so while it, it, it's, a really, it's a really inconsistent team, they haven't been able to find any sort of, you know, consistent talisman or anything like that. I mean, they've had good players step up here and there. Parker obviously wasn't able to start on Friday with, with an injury, and he ended up playing today. Yeah, he's one of your better players, but he's been a little bit inconsistent, not having his best day today. But I don't know about a disappointing season necessarily because they've had successes. I mean, they had obviously yeah. that incredible week of sweep, sweeping Miami and Florida. The RPI, it's the fact that they cannot seem to get either the bats going or the pitching going either game. Like the rare occurrence where it happens, like they can beat anybody. It's very like it's very nice to see that solid coming together synergy but i mean i know it's his first year but it has just not appeared as much as i'm sure mike martin jr himself wouldn't like to see like it's just a complete nine innings doesn't happen very often they've had a really good how do i put it they've had a lot of really good wins but they've also (laughs) this sounds ridiculous but really good wins but also a lot of losses (laughs) um No, but I mean, that's sort of the long and short of it is, I mean, they're a talented team. They've been inconsistent. They've had some great wins, but they've also lost too many games to really be considered, you know, a regional hosting quality team. Yeah. And that's a good transition. Speaking of terrible losses, some good wins, Florida State football, literally one good win last year. I mean, the Duke won. We'll give them credit. Good way to end the year. But it's a lot of quiet. There hasn't been anything exciting on the football front, in case you have noticed by every single one of the Florida State websites, just either like writing about general storyline narratives or literally just throwing out whatever is popping up. Players are home. It's summer semester. Like it's maybe one of their first times that they have gotten to fully enjoy being home since winter break ish. Like, so nothing's uh, happening, yeah. I believe that, that Mike Norvell was 
this was either a question a reporter asked at one of the youth camps or um, hmm. during during I think a recent press conference, but he was asked sort of, you know, what are the players doing right now? And he's like, well, you know, I hope they're they're doing a, a lot of work on their own and keeping up with things so that when we get back to it, we'll get after it. Yeah, which we have seen. Like we have seen players doing stadiums. <laughs> we saw um, Jordan Travis and Mackenzie Milton and some receivers were actually, uh, they post on Instagram. They're working out at the IPF, running some routes. So there's definitely been like that sense of accountability. Deshaun Corbin showing up to one of the youth camps. Like a lot of these players have been out in the community. It's been a very nice off season for them. But these youth camps, like we have talked about it nonstop. They are genius. Like they obviously cannot be in contact with recruiting age eligible players. So that's freshmen and on. These camps are only like, I think second grade to eighth grade, but those eighth graders one day and the seventh graders one day are going to be prospects and the coaches that are coming out are going to be connections and the parents that are coming out could be fans or boosters. So the groundwork that this camp is laying, like obviously with the children, but with alum, with everybody else, the goodwill, he's absolutely been killing it. Like, again, this is, one of the like soft factors that some fans get mad that like, Oh, what, but he still only won three games. But as far as platform concrete building a program goes, this is great. Like this is something that we haven't seen. The Jimbo go around the state doing youth camps, like making those kind of connections. He had the big, his quarterback camps used to be ridiculous. Like I know like the in Tallahassee stuff. Awesome. But was there anything equivalent to this? I think that there was one or two satellite practices. I know that they did the one down at IMG the one time. Yeah, they did. I believe maybe Willie Tiger took them down into that. But that was because a rule change that allowed that, if I remember correctly. And the these youth camps, no, there really hasn't been something perfectly akin to it in recent Florida State memory. Um, But like you said, it's a really good way to connect with with younger prospects i mean 2024 five six seven that sort of thing yeah but uh more importantly they're coaches i mean because those are the guys that you need to get their older friends um a lot of those high school coaches will be coaching and high school and middle school coaches will be on seven on seven teams coaching too so mm-hmm. i mean those are all important connections to make and you know it may not be a guy who necessarily is an influential coach in you know may 2021 but let's say two years down the road all of a sudden he's a dc at high school that's important pay and Mm -hmm. you know that's an important connection to have and you were talking to him a while you have a relationship established you're able to get him to come to your camps bring his best prospects it's about you know for lack of better to put it you you know pressing the flesh uh meeting young coaches meeting meeting Coaches around the state, it's it's a real yeah. opportunity to get out there and 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 meet people after what has been a a early Mike Norvell tenure, pretty much ruined by COVID. I mean, weren't allowed to get yeah. out there on the road and and no, nobody knows his like, personality or approach. Like they got two spring practices in, they had barely any official visitors. If all you're seeing is Florida State losing on TV, you have no idea what is going on. But him going. And being in the community, because it obviously they're very aware of positive benefits of it. But technically, there's no advantage 
to going out all across the state, bringing your full coaching staff and coaching second graders. Like it really, it like Mike Norvell liked trick daddy is for the kids. Like he loved the kids. Well, so yeah, going out doing coaches. all of that, like especially, sorry for putting you off, but especially in South Florida, seeing all those alum come out, like from the generations of college, like of Florida State football is very nice. They have not met Mike Norvell, likely. Like Nick O'Leary probably has not engaged with Mike Norvell a lot. Going in Jackson, like James Coleman coming out, like even Deshaun Corbin, a current player, being there in Orlando, connecting with his hometown, seeing the impact he was having, like, there are widespread effects going on here from selfish motivations to actually legitimate good things are going on. So it's very nice to see. Yeah. It's not something that you're going to see necessarily the fruit of today, tomorrow in a month, but it's something that, you know, it, it, it establishes you long-term and the biggest thing is, you know, you're talking about a staff where several coaches that Mike Norvell brought in didn't necessarily have, Florida recruiting backgrounds or Mm -hmm. even regional recruiting backgrounds in the ACC or SEC prior to coming to Florida state. So this gives them a chance along with a lot of the stuff that they had earlier this, this uh, spring, you know, visits coming in scrimmages, those sort of things gives them the chance to meet up with coaches and establish relationships. They need long-term. So it's, there's, there's, there's no negative to doing this. It's just a very positive thing that, Mike Norvell and staff are doing, um, like you said, having having current players, former players, coaches all come into this sort of thing. It's a good exhibition for Florida State. Yeah, and then there might be some confusion as to like what, how are recruits not committing at this point? Like not even in relation to the youth camps. Just overall, it's been very quiet. Nothing is happening. I subjectively would say it was disappointing in the aftermath of the spring game where all those kids were there. It was very hyped up. You thought a lot was going to happen since then you've gotten a pretty good wide receiver prospect and the best quarterback commit in like five years, technically according to composite rankings and AJ Duffy. So as far as summer recruiting goes, that's nice. And then people have to consider the context that last year there was a flurry of these commitments because everything shut down kids are like am I ever going to get in contact with the school or go to the school or get new coaches new offers this year the dead period ends June 1st kids are going to start visiting as soon as that happens Mike Norvell is starting his camps I believe on the 6th I know it's a Thursday and then all throughout that weekend there's quarterback camps there's individual camps so not only is he finally going to get to evaluate a whole bunch of prospects from the state of Florida, like South Georgia, anybody who's going to make the trip there. There might be some kids who finally are getting the full field staff and are like, yeah, let me do it right now. We've seen how Norvell kind of handles that. He only really takes the recruits who are very serious about coming and following through. But mid-June is where things can start ramping up. But right now it's a keep watch on visit season. Yeah, and that's that's one thing that you know was a concern relatively early in in Norvell's tenure is that there were schools that were getting folks to come or folks kids to come to campus, and FSU really wasn't at the beginning. Um, yeah, and, and they weren't like, forcing it. Yeah, this spring they really did start getting kids to come, and now that we're going to have camps coming up in June in Tallahassee, we're going to be able to see okay. 
are we getting the commitment to bring big name players onto campus? Because, you know, it's something that's talked about on other podcasts and other, other uh, places in the Florida state internet sphere, but basically, <laughs> you know, Florida state's recruiting, not necessarily at the level you need to compete with Clemson. They're, they're recruiting at a level to get back to a place where they can get to, to the point where they can recruit, recruit to play against Clemson, you know, mm-hmm. but they're not there right now. And yeah. it'll be a really good indication with these summer camp visits, you know, are we getting those five-star type players to show up? Cause that's, you know, is that five-star D tackle going to make it? Is that five-star offensive lineman going to make it? Cause yeah. those are the guys who are going to make the difference when, you know, for when it comes to what Florida state fans want, we want to play for national championships. We want to play for conference championships on a regular basis. We don't want to watch Clemson on January 1st. Most of the time uh, we'd rather us be there. So yeah, no, it's, it's really, we're at that point. It's funny because, you know, we're talking about, okay, this is the first summer and we're looking to see if these big name recruits are coming when we had in, in Jimbo's, you know, first two months of this head coach, he had brought in several five stars. I mean, the 2010 yeah. class, um, you're talking, you know, the, the Marcus Joyner, Jeff Luke. Jeff Luke was obviously the, the recruit that really kicked it off for that class. You know, one of the most under, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, underwhelming players, but critically important recruits yeah. that you could have had. I mean, him and the Marcus Joyner were the bell cows for that class. I mean, they were who's going to be your Marcus Joyner? Who's going to be your Jeff Luke? I mean, because so you've got Travis Hunter, obviously, Sam McCall as well. I mean, you've got those guys. They're going to go out there and they're five stars and they're going to have the cachet to bring guys in. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, before you can win on the field, you got to win on the recruiting trail, and I want to see. I, w- I want to see some wins. Yeah, I want to see the combination. It would be nice, and I mean, even with what could be classified as slow recruiting, I believe FSU has the number one ACC class and the number eleven or twelve like composite. Again, that's June rankings. Like that does not matter at all right now. We've seen the uh, proclaimed spring recruiting champs always specifically down in Coral Gables, not Miami. So the p- things are trending in the right direction, as with everything with the football program, but we need to see it result in something tangible, which has been, you know, just the common theme. Like Mike Norvell is doing all the right things, but will it result in all the right things? That was very deep, right? Like that was nice and like philosophical. That was about as deep as a as a well or something like that. That's pretty deep. I'll take it. Um, we're gonna see things ramp up soon. Uh, Mike Norvell is still continuing his youth camp Florida tour with his merry band of coaches. Uh, Tampa, I believe, is this upcoming Thursday or Friday, and I am going to make my best attempt to be there. We'll see if traffic decides to shut me down on the Howard Franklin because Tampa traffic is the worst. We have Mike Norvell's camps coming up mid-June. We'll have people in attendance. We'll be covering it fully. Keep posted to the site. We have, of course, the national championship coming up with the soccer team. Brett Nevitt will keep you posted on all things FSU baseball postseason. We have the ACC tournament coming up on their end. 
I, he is traveling up for it. He said he already booked his hotel and his flight. Uh, we have FSU softball selection Sunday coming up. Everything going on. Check out the site. We're putting a lot more emphasis on covering each sport individually, at least to some degree, because we know that has been a big feedback thing. Don't forget, please, somebody review the seminal app on iTunes. Nobody's done it in like a year. We still have a good average, don't get me wrong, but nobody's done it. To somebody do it, please make me happy. I'll have to go buy some bots if nobody else does it. Before we wrap it up tonight, just out of curiosity, any uh any big summer plans this year? You gonna be able to go anywhere now that we're not all, you know, locked back into our rooms? I am going to Seattle in the middle of like after the Norval camps. Like I'm going and flying out the night, I believe. And I'm going camping with a good group of friends. And I cannot wait to not only like be social, but also still closed off to humanity. It's like a nice balance of I'm hanging out with people, but I do not have to see other people. Well, the best part about something like that is you turn your cell phone off. You're, or you're in a place where you don't have reception, so you just shut it off anyway. And that's like the nicest part about something like that. It's like, all right, you know. I'm not having to deal with people texting or I'm not, you know, doing my look at my phone every two seconds thing like I'm used to doing in, in regular day-to-day life. So, yeah, that sounds like a nice little nice little summer plane you got there. A little bit of Seattle, a little bit of woods. Yeah. You going to uh, Key West? I'm trying uh, to think of the funniest Florida place to go to that's close near you. We were funny enough. I was talking about a, a bachelor party this the, today with some friends, and you know, Key West is one of the places that was mentioned. And then we later later on, uh, a friend of mine is going to be having his bachelor party in Las Vegas. So uh, that's going to be an interesting part this summer. Um, I'm going to be moving to Tallahassee this summer, so I'm not going to book any flights to anywhere until I know exactly when I'm, we're moving and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, uh, moving is a pretty big deal, I think. And from South Florida to Tallahassee. So I'm going to like be, a three-state trip anywhere else. Pretty much. I mean, here's, here's a trivia question for you. How many miles is it from mile marker zero in Key West, the place you consider to be funny, uh, to the Florida-Alabama line on Interstate 10? Um, between 885 and 1034. Not bad. It's 841 for reference. And this is always a fun fact for those who listen, and they're probably going to shut it off at this point because it's getting into boring mileage talk. Uh, but 841 miles from the Alabama Florida line on I 10 to mile marker zero on Key West. From the eastern edge of the state of Texas on I 10 to the western edge is 880 miles. So it's just barely shorter than the whole length of Texas to give you an idea of how big our state is. A big dumb state. I love it. On that note, that's a wrap.